We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And in yesterday's pod, Darius uh, took us home with a uh, cinematic analogy of like an X-Wing fighter as the as the the walls are closing in, uh, you know, about to seal their certain doom and turning a certain way and, you know, getting out of that, you know, at the last moment, everyone gets gets saved and they get out of that potential trap. And, you know, one of the ways they do that is with a little turbo boost of speed. And that's where we're going to go with today's pod. Now, ultimately, this team needs forwards to be able to win an NBA championship. We don't need to win an NBA championship right now. It's September. We need to be able to form a cohesive team. And I think that they're with the position that we've held on the Westbrook trade and those circumstances, we need to be able to be both functional now and if we are able to make a Westbrook trade, have a team where it's like, okay, now we're in a spot where we're able to slot those pieces in. So I think that being being fast and covering distance is going to be something that's particularly important. We talked a lot in the 2020 year about the Lakers Air Force, all of the lob threats between JaVale and Dwight when he had a little more pop in his legs and Anthony Davis, of course, and LeBron and just all these guys who could go up and get it. I think this year's team, um, that ground, that infantry is is more of what where I think that we're built to excel. Um as you guys know, I'm a big ball pressure, on-ball defense guy. I think it's a big uh, – it really impacts your game. And that's where we get into this style of defense. And I think that the Dennis Schroeder edition really solidified what I think the concept of this team is going to be defensively. And it plays into the the style of defense. So on the ball, you've got your ball pressure, the guy who's going to pick up at half court at the very least. That's what Pat Bev does, right? He's one of the all-time guys. I'm going to pick you up. He's Mr. 94 feet, and I'm going to turn you. And the idea behind that is we want to get the offense out of their flow, out of their rhythm, right? And not be able to set up and run their plays the way that they want to be able to run it. And in doing that, though, when you ball pressure an offensive player, you're inviting them to drive. Even the best ball pressure guard is going to get beat off of the dribble because that's what it's vulnerable to. And so 
Remember a few pods back, we were talking about helping one pass away. Darius was talking about this as well, where the Milwaukee scheme helps a little more one pass away than most teams do. And in doing so, you help cut off that drive, right? You're, you're ball pressuring them. Okay, that guy's going to start driving to the basket. Well, there's somebody there to help. He's not going to get all the way there because we're not going to let you get into the paint. Remember Vogel last year talking about paint to great and that whole idea of we want to get into the paint and then kick it out. If, but if the ball's swinging around the perimeter and we're taking a three, that's not a good three. That's what this style of defense is built to do. And one of the ways you do that is by when you're helping one pass away a little bit more, D, that means that you're a little farther away from your guy. And so how do you get there? You got to be able to be fast. And so that's where the other guard comes in. And I think that's the nun intruder is those guys are fast, right? They can cover a lot of distance on the ground quickly. So I just wanted to start there. I think this is a team that this is how we're going to have to play to be as good as we can be under the current circumstances. And I think that we're built to do it fairly well. And if we do it well, we can kind of seal off the paint and prevent guys from getting in there in the first place. I'd love to hear where you think a defense like that is vulnerable. So a couple of things. Uh, we saw that in the Milwaukee versus Boston is that in this type of style, you're surrendering you're surrendering a certain quality of a jump shot. Now, the paint to great idea, one of the reasons why it works is if the ball handler gets into the paint and they kick it out, usually you're catching it with your shoulders square. But if you're standing on the wing and you're catching it from top, you're catching it across your body and you got to come here, you know, come to the middle and then go up with it. Or you've got to step into your jumper. It's not just that like your feet are set, catch and shoot, clean type of jumper. It adds a certain level of lateral movement that it makes it a harder shot. And it's a longer shot, right? It's not the 22 footer in the corner. It's the 23, nine version of the three. And so in doing that, it also kind of catalyzes your transition game, long shots, long rebounds, all of that. But if you're giving up clean jumpers, eventually and especially in this league, you're going to be giving up some of those to guys that can really shoot. You're also in being short up front, you're surrendering a certain amount of over the top, right? Where if there's a guy, so like a guy like DeMar DeRozan, going to be great. You got Pat Bev, Kendrick Nunn, Dennis Schroeder, even Russ, I think is going to be kind of Pat Bev's backup in that physical type of ball pressure type of guard. We'll get more into Russ's defensive role in, in a bit, but you're going to be like, great, tallest guy there is 6'3". I'm 6'6", six, six, and I, I, all of the things that you are trying to do to win the ground game and all of that, that's great, but I'm going to beat that, and I'm going to beat you over the top. And so that that is my primary weakness. That That's the primary weakness of the perimeter aspect of this. We'll get more into the forwards and interior in a bit, but I just wanted to start on the, uh, um, on the, uh, on the perimeter defense front. Yeah, so I agree with that part as well. It's a tricky thing. Any team is going to look good if you allow them to play to their strengths or do the things that they're built to do and just do them sort of unimpeded. Right. And this is where I think we we did this some last season, too. Like at the very beginning of the season, I had a very clear understanding of what I thought the Lakers were going to try to do and how they were going to try to play. They had strong guards mm -hmm. and they were going to try to play with force and get downhill and be a transition team. And they had LeBron and they had Anthony Davis and they had Russell Westbrook and they were going to play in transition and they were going to be fast. 
they had a bunch of ball handling, right? There was going to be no one guy that you could key in on. If it wasn't Russ, it was going to be Taylor Horton Tucker. If it wasn't Taylor Horton Tucker, it was going to be Kendrick Nunn. And it was going to be LeBron James. And then these dudes were going to run and run and run and run and run. And then things got messed up a little bit because they actually couldn't defend and you can't run if you don't get stops and then yada 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 and then no one was healthy and shoot me in the face already (laughs) so i agree that if the lakers are able to basically help one pass away and then close out cleanly and get to their rotation they gotta fly around they gotta swarm at this size yes and even with that though when you're down size mike it gets tricky Because you then covering ground is one thing, but then holding up once you get there is a whole nother thing. Right. And so like, oh, you made it here. Congratulations. Now I'm bigger than you. And so when when you close out and use your speed to get get to me, one of the things that a bigger player can do then is just leverage their size. And it doesn't have to be just in going over the top of you. It means like, like, oh, you're smaller. Let me bump you. And put you in the sidecar like you talk about. Yeah. And like, let me move you to a certain spot on the floor. And now I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to kick. Right. Because all that swarming, you're geared up. You're ready to rotate. You're like, oh, I'm on my horse. I am, I see you getting downhill. Look, I'm here. I'm here to take a charge and I'm ready to turn and run again. And I'm ready to do all of that. But doing that over and over and over again, it's physically taxing in, in its own way. And if you have the ability to run and run and run, that's great. But your legs start to lose some of that juice when it's bigger dudes who are the dudes who are like doing the leaning on you and moving you around or when you're cracking down on a big guy in order to because LeBron or AD had to then they get into rotation, right? Or Damian Jones gets into rotation and now you're the one cracking down and you're low man and you have to box out. Mm -hmm. There's all of this team integrity of defense that even if I trust these guys to do this stuff, and on a lot of levels, I do. I do trust Pat Bev to make these rotations. Mm-hmm. I do trust Dennis Schroeder to make these rotations. What ends up happening is, is the physical toll that it takes, not just to run around, but to play up and to play bigger is where my concerns start to jump to the forefront here and where I start to see diminishing returns some on all of that scramble ability. Because I agree, Pete, I do think that this is the way they have to play. And I do think that other coaches are going to be like, look, this is the way they're going to have to play. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to punish them in these specific ways. And we'll see what wins out over the course of a 48 minute game when they have a bunch of small guys that are trying to play against us who are even as other small teams are going to be able to point to some spots and say, but in this way we are collectively bigger and we're going to try to, to leverage that. But 
The flip side of that is, is if LeBron and AD are healthy the whole time, they they have some of that pop too, and they have some of that physicality, and they're going to be able to win some of those battles for some of their small guys too. So I don't want to make it seem like the Lakers are starting five dudes who are 6'3", because that's not what it's going to be. At most, they're going to start two dudes who are that size, right? I'm just talking about over the course of the game and in certain lineups, more and more of those players are going to creep into the mix and it starts to get tricky in terms of how they're going to manage that. That's not to say that they can't be successful, but the ask starts to get more substantial. And that's where my concerns start to creep up. Maybe I'm being too hard. Maybe. I'm not sure. I needed to have been taking notes uh, for these last 11 minutes and it changed your sorry you Mike. guys made so many sorry Mike. you made no you made so many good points it's a, it's like i i'm, I'm going to see how many i can kind of tick off uh and and this is almost a classic just kind of coach pete and coach darius pinging the ball back over the net uh repeatedly <laughs> i mean so what i was thinking about while you guys were discussing the 1920 team which is it's just sort of still as a good point of reference because of lebron and ad still being here with, with much different surroundings but that team would start big and pretty traditional and, you know, do your, for the most part, some drop coverages. Right. And then, but their magic sauce was they would go quote unquote small with mm-hmm. 80 at the five. And then they would do some of the things that Pete was talking about, the scrambling, the rotating, the ball pressure. And then what Darius was just talking about, but they would still be big in all of those spots. Yeah. And that was why you couldn't score. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> You know, be so weak. And and so that's that to me is, yes, you can play this kind of and the last thing I want to I don't want to call it. It's not a junk defense, right? It's not like which Frank Vogel would refer like a zone defense. It is it is something that happens. And especially with the increase of of certain scoring and three point shooting guards where you have to certain to blitz and you have to pressure at certain points because the game has been extended so much past the three point line. But that's the concern that I have, too, is that it still can be just kind of game planned against. You know, if you don't ultimately have that positional size and in positional size, I say for a reason, I was just talking to Jesse Buss for an interview we're going to put up on Lakers.com, probably by the time you've heard this podcast. And nice. I was asking him about scouting and kind of his coming up in the game. And he so he just he was talking about Max Christie, in fact, and Christie is a true six, six with some length. And Jesse said he has true size for his position. And he was quoting Bill Burka, uh, the legendary, of course, G. Mm-hmm. Everybody on this pod uh, knows who that is. And Burka would say that all the time. That's one of his tenets of scouting and looking at players. He has true size for his position. And that's just a kind of thing that as you go from the regular season to the postseason, or in part of saying post regular season to postseason is just a team is really scouting you. And kind of knows what they're going to do. And if you just don't have that enough of that height and length to stack up to the rim, then it's difficult. And Pete, th- this is not to sound defeatist to what your point is, and, and, and it needs to be hashed out further. But that's the part where I, I have a hard time when you can start out with Beverly. And even if you start with like Beverly and Russ and LeBron, AD and Damian Jones or Brian, and you've got plenty of positional size there. Then you get to the bench and you've got almost no positional size in what almost any of your other groups look like. Once you start bringing Nunn um, and Reeves and Schroeder, right, and on and on down the list, whoever, even if it's JTA that you're going to have play in the front court, Gabriel would be the exception there. And that's the part where I start to think, okay, well, AD misses a game, LeBron misses a game. 
here or there, or they get into foul trouble. And then the rotation is just so taxed that I don't even know if, if it makes that much of a difference, if you have some of those guys scrambling. So that does sound negative though. Uh, so, uh, so please counter counter punch any of that. And, uh, and, and maybe there's, maybe there's part of what you said initially that I'm not focusing on. No, enough. I, well, I think it's important for us to point out where we're positionally small. Uh, I think it's really the three spot. Some of the reporting around this has been like, you know, Pat Bev is viewed as a three and D wing as more of a wing. And it's funny. Uh, I sat down with him recently, first player I'd gotten, I've gotten to sit down with. Uh, and the topic was how to guard somebody who's taller than you. I think he's going to be doing a lot of that this season. I think we've got a couple of guys who are going to be doing a lot of that. The topic was actually brought up in anticipation of this style because, again, like if you look at Milwaukee, Javon Carter, a small guy who's a bit of a fire plug, right? But he's going to ball pressure you. Wes Matthews is holiday. 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 holiday, He's one of the greats in the game at that. Uh, Wes Matthews, one of the reasons he really fits into their system is because he's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to win what happens from the waist down from the shoulders down. You might be able to, once you get the ball up here, I can't do anything about that, but the ground game, everything I can win about that, I can do that. And I guess what I'm trying to communicate with this roster is at that particular aspect of the game, we actually have quite a bit of talent because uh, when you, even when you go to uh, an Austin Reeves and you know, his, his anticipation, LeBron, like, the LeBron's role in this is very low. It's it's not very taxing in terms of what the asks are on him. Um, and so it's that winning that ground game that's really important, though, in this style of play. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's get more into it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
like I said, the reporting around it is like, okay, you know, it's it's Pat Bev as a three and D wing. I can see that. I can see Russ guarding up. And also Dennis and Kendrick Nunn, they're point guards and they're point guard size. They're not unusual. And so at the one spot and at the two spot, they're about maybe a little bit smaller than your average contending team, but not by a ton, especially relative to how their ability to guard up. But then they're like, and then we see Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker as threes and like, Wait a second. <laughs> They're not threes at all, right? Like Austin is a guy who was targeted for strength last year. D, he's somebody that at a guard spot was, was they said, hey, we're going to go through you. And that is one of my concerns about this team is that they're one of the ways to beat this style and is like, oh, well, we don't have to rely on dribble penetration. We've got Damian Jones guarding Jonas Valanciunas or we've got uh, – Russell Westbrook on Chris Middleton and Middleton's just going to dot jumpers over the top of him. Right. And so that, uh, that over the top, but also the physical strength, the ability to go through a player, I think is, is, uh, one of the weak potential weaknesses of this team and of this style. Yeah. But I would also push back. I think the team is small at shooting guard too. Like, (laughs) I mean, there are players you can play at shooting guard who I think their size is fine. I think if you play Lonnie Walker there or if you play Troy Brown, if you play Austin Reeves, think that those guys are fine. Some of the reporting, and this is just reporting, and we will see once camp starts and once the team starts to actually play games. But if defensively, Russ and Pat Bev are basically guarding like big twos or small forwards and Kendrick Nunn is going to have to defend shooting guards. And it's like, this starts to get tricky. It's like, I'm just saying, well, it starts to get tricky. I think, I think none will be on point guards, mostly. I think none and shooter are for the ones. Just to jump in briefly, you cited some of the reporting. I mean, to me, it's it's not even, it's not reporting. It's just like, there are the guys that you have to have on the court based on what their talent is. Like, they're smaller. Yes. You know, so it's not, oh, we view this... T- so a reporter can call and say, well, what do you view this guy as? Like, it's not it, it's not even that complicated, right? It's just that there are, the guys are just small that you have to play at the one through three because you don't have threes. And then therefore the twos have to scale up and everybody has to scale up. And when you're scaling up, it just makes you smaller. That's what I'm saying, though, is that that's the spot where we're scaling up the most, where you're being like, I, I guess. The, and, and your pushback is is noted. And I, I get it. D, But like Russ yeah, relative to like Danny Green playing that, you know, the two essentially in that like that. And that was, again, a super big team. But still, like, that's what that's like p- real positional size. Right. But like know, Danny Green was that. like the biggest two in the league. Right. It, you know, like most yeah. twos are six, five ish type of guys. Right. I guess if you just look around the league. Who was in the finals? The Celtics Warriors were in the finals. Right. Mm-hmm. The Warriors shooting guard is Clay Thompson. He's six 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 seven. Jalen Brown starts a shooting guard for the Celtics. He is six 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 seven. Like even a guy like Desmond Bain, who isn't a six 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 seven dude, he is a big strong guard. And those are shooting guards, right? Like just but, around the league. Even a guy like Devin Booker is like he's he's a big strong dude. The Lakers don't have a lot of guys to even defend those dudes is what I'm saying. And so when you're talking about scaling up from shooting guard to small forward, I get that that's where they're scaling up the most. Because if Austin Reeves has to defend small forwards or Patrick Beverly has to defend small forwards or Russell Westbrook has to defend small forwards, they are scaling up. But what I'm saying is, is that 
Patrick Beverly is small to guard shooting guards. Russell Westbrook is like, he's fine, I guess. But even then, he's going to be outsized by a lot of shooting guards around the league. Like, it's just sort of how it's going to go on any given night. And that size deficit just concerns me. I know I'm hammering the same point, but but I just think that they're they're small. And like, I get that this is where the talent is and these guys are going to have to play. And I think that they can have success in in other ways, particularly offensively. But they are going to have to win more battles offensively, I think, because their ball pressure and toughness is only going to get them so far defensively without real tenacity with size at the wing. You know, one thing I would try to I would think about. If you have the types of personalities of Beverly and Shooter that fits into that, is that maybe you just get more bark right out of the in your especially in a regular season that you're not going to necessarily win all of the size and the size battles. And you're going to be small in certain spots, but you've just got guys that are competing and playing hard. And then that you kind of like, how can a coach deploy that? Right. As opposed to just having it be a scheme. And maybe that, maybe that makes the team a little bit bigger in some senses, right. If you have just some dogs um, that are barking a lot and that are competing on that end. And and I think Austin even fits into that a little bit. Like he's, you know, like he's a that he, that is his attitude. He will battle you. He will uh, be a dog on that end. And even if you try to push through, he's not going to quit, at least like in that. And that's something that a lot of guys do do um, mm-hmm. at a certain point. If you keep pushing them, eventually they'll be like, all right, fine. Go ahead and score. I'll get the ball and get a bucket on the other end. There's a, that's a prevailing notion um, of many an NBA player. And if you have enough guys, even if they're a little bit positionally sized down that have that type of yep. attitude, then maybe Darvin Pete kind of pulls towards those guys more yes. uh, and, and has them out on the court more. Yes. And there are a couple of things that are true at the same time. We need forwards. We need to make a trade in which we thin out the guard core and that we receive front court help. There are reasons why that hasn't happened that we've discussed on the pod. And we need to be able to be as competitive as possible in the meantime until that happens. And so there are ways to win when you're smaller. Now, are there ways to win a championship at this size? No, but we're not going to be playing any NBA finals games anytime soon. We've got to have as good of an October and November as we can. First, we got to have as good of a September as we can, right? We got training camp coming up. It's going to be, it's less than a week when this pod comes out. Uh, And so that, and in doing that, that when you've got those small guys that are that are tough, that can guard up, but that also can kind of seal off and like shut the gate and prevent that penetration in the first place, that's one of your best bets. And we fo- we focused a lot on the defensive end, but I also agree, D, with what you said that that particularly on the offensive end, that if you can force a lot of jump shots, that and you can get out in a transition, you're going to have a lot of lineups where. All five are guys that can handle the ball that have some lead guard experience or are a LeBron or an AD type. And so that's something that we had hoped to see more of last year that I think a lot of injuries got in the way of. And and yeah, there, there were a bunch of reasons why that didn't come to fruition to the degree that, that we wanted. But there's a great deal of speed on this team. That's the attribute that really stands out with the addition of Nunn and Schroeder in particular. Nunn obviously coming back from injury, but like the team speed, I think, is a great attribute for this year's team. That wasn't the case last year. We had a lot of kind of crusty older veterans where uh, in this year's team, I think we have a lot of guys that can get out in transition. So I'm curious how you view the team in that aspect of the game. No, I definitely think that their speed and quickness is 
one of their strengths. Here's my question. And I'm not sure if where my mind is around this yet, honestly, a key part of this team's success is going to be how well do they rebound. Last year's Agreed. team was not a good rebounding. Last Ugh. year's team was not a good rebounding team at all. Mm-hmm. They just like even when they started big, they didn't rebound well when they were big. They didn't rebound when they were small. They didn't rebound. And it's like the death knell of a team that wants to run. You can't be bad on defense and be a bad rebounding team and be like, yeah, well, we're fast. You can't even be one of those things, really. <laughs> exactly. And, and that was the weird thing, too. That was one of the few things where after they made the rust trade, we thought, well, there is one thing that Westbrook has done for sure, right, in his career, and it's rebound his position a certain, you know, a certain way. And LeBron and AD were out there. And, and that was like, that was one of those things that was a, a, a huge red flag. And, and I don't even remember exactly why. Well, I guess I do remember some reasons why they were so bad rebounding there, but mm-hmm. that was, that was a, a, a five alarm fire, right? When they were just getting smashed on the boards in October. Well, I think a lot of the reasons why is exactly what Darius is nervous about. I don't want to speak for you here, but like with playing these small groups, I remember one of the games against Minnesota and we we were like ridiculously small, but it was because we had injuries and like Avery Bradley started at the four and it was just a parade of Jared Vanderbilt and like all them dudes, man, just like running up much smaller guys backs. And I like there's a version of this where that happens again this year. And so, yeah, that's I, I think you bringing this up, D, is is important. I think long rebounds come into play. Like, what can you win as a smaller player and as a smaller team if you're trying to force jump shots and you're succeeding at that? Any of those, and most of those are going to bounce out to about 15 feet or to around the free throw line. You got to own that. You got to win all those. You got to be able to chase all those down. Pat Bev is good on those. Russ is more of an interior rebounder. None can get some of those long. So that was what I, one of my memories from last year, D, was like, we gave up so many just offensive boards after we played decent defense for 20 seconds. And then it's like those soul crushing, like it even bounces and hits the ground. It's like, come on, guys, go get that. You know, so that's going to be an important aspect of the game that's that part too though of there's a certain just energy and effort part of rebounding but then there's the there's a little bit of the positional size thing and so i'm right back to the okay well lonnie walker and troy brown and uh, none you know those those aren't necessarily guys you would think about of going in and just grabbing a bunch of rebounds (laughs) right you know so and shooter not really a rebounder uh in that sense Mm -hmm. so there are there are a lot of gaps there, right? There are a lot of holes. And so that who does that put the burden on? And I think that this we haven't talked a lot about LeBron, right? These last couple of pods. And these are the types of things that when you have an, a 27-year-old prime sort of MVP candidate that is just going to do all of the things that need to be done all the time, it, everything, like passing, rebounding, score, whatever. Uh, that's like what the mode that Giannis is in right now. Well, that's definitely the mode that Anthony Davis needs to be in and should be in. But when LeBron is your wing there in that setting, and you know, I don't think he can be expected to have the energy to be flying around all the time mm-hmm. and it just hitting the glass. But and if you don't have that at that position, and he's sort of either waiting to get the ball or like I think that I think that has to be accounted for as well. Uh, and and I'm not saying he's far from being like a weakness in terms of a rebounder at his position. It's just that he also is not. I would not ask LeBron to make up for some of those those uh, those other positions that aren't going to rebound as well. So just yeah. curious as to what you guys expect 
from LeBron there, what the ask can be. And if, if you think that that's that's also part of the reason. I mean, LeBron's a good rebounder, so I expect him to continue to get his anywhere between seven and ten rebounds a game. I do think the bigger ask on LeBron will be making those rotations from lane line to three point line back to the lane line. Because those are the most critical rotations that you make when you still have to contest three point shots and then get back down to rebound. And if LeBron can make those rotations fairly consistently, and he did that in high leverage moments a lot last season, he still did that. The Lakers did not have a lot of high leverage moments. And so guess what? His effort suffered. And it's just like I was frustrated as hell watching LeBron not get after it that way as much as he did last season. And then I looked at how good the Lakers team was and I was just like, ah, I get it. To a certain extent, like it's like in the moment, I don't excuse it. And then after the fact, I sort of look at the big picture again and I excuse it a little bit more. One of the reasons why, Pete, I was saying that I wasn't exactly sure about how good the Lakers were going to be as a rebounding team is because last season, the Lakers did not really play anybody who liked to box out. (laughs) They just didn't. Right. right. Like Dwight Howard will box out sometimes. DeAndre Jordan is not a box out player. LeBron James isn't a big box out player, but he will get after it when he needs to. AD has typically not been a like box out player. Mm -hmm. Russ is not a box out player. Nope. Carmelo Anthony is not a box out player. There are all these dudes who don't really box out at all. And when you don't box out, you don't get rebounds. Like this isn't rocket science. I'm not like revealing any trade secrets here. But there's whys there, though, right? There is like there because those guys having most of those guys been the star of a team, they've always had other guys that just do that for them. And, and it's not yes. that simple, but like that's that's part of it, right? That you don't have the that's a, that's more often than not a at least some type of a good role player type uh, type of way to act on a court. So I think Patrick Beverly is going to box out some especially when he's cracking down on bigs. I think Austin Reeves is going to box out some. Austin Reeves might have been the Lakers' best box out player all of last season. He was boxing out all of the damn time. My point is, and I think Damian Jones is actually going to be a a way improved rebounder than any center the Lakers had on their roster last season. And I'm interested to see how Thomas Bryant does in that regard as well. So, Pete, when I was talking about how you can't be a team that doesn't rebound and that you can't be a team that doesn't defend i'm not sure if the lakers are going to be that team that cannot rebound which gives me a little bit of hope right because hey check off one of those boxes because if you can rebound better then you can turn turn some opportunities in to transition and you can leverage that speed a little bit more right like one of the things that i'm super interested and i'd love for someone to be able to talk to darvin ham about this is that he's talked a lot about running habits running habits to me have to start when you actually secure the ball and so i'm very interested to see where where his habits where those teachings start pete because like that's a thing that is super important to me is is like yeah what are our habits well our habits can't be we're we're leaking out in order to fill the lane that we're supposed to fill when we haven't yet secured the ball. And it's little things like that that I think Ham is going to have to coach his team. He's going to have to coach them hard. And he's going to have to emphasize these things, particularly when you're playing smaller. He's got to tell them and focus on and get these guys to focus on 
getting to the backboards, closing down the foul line, chasing down long rebounds and securing the basketball. And it all has has to start there. I do know they have the talent to do that way more often than they did last season and probably on par closer to the 2021 season, which was a pretty good team defensively obviously and on the glass right and so they need to get closer to that version and i think they have more ingredients to do that i do too and i think part of that is ad moving back to the four for more of his minutes uh in this style i think ad is going to be asked to be the one defending two guy on the weak side a lot of the times and when the shot goes up and you're on the weak side defending two you drop down and like damian jones i have skepticism about his place in the whole uh, defensively in the whole structure that I think we'll get to more on another pod. But one of the other ways, like I, I wish guys boxed out more than they do. One of the other ways to be a really good rebounding team is just to have big athletes at all three positions. And so that AD Damian Jones and LeBron James. Yeah. That's why I was talking about Jones. Yeah. Pete is is like, I just think he's going to be useful in that, that he still has a lot of juice in his legs. And Dwight and DeAndre, no, those guys were in the mix for rebounds, but they couldn't get up there to actually tip the ball away or whatever. Wenyon did that so much better than either of those guys last season. And how many more rebounds were they corralling just because he's tipping the ball away or Stanley Johnson was getting down there and just jumping and like tapping it somewhere where now fresher legs could get to the ball. And Beverly does have some impact on his teammates in that sense as well, because when he's just battling for rebounds, it's going to make other Mm -hmm. guys either battle as well or look like they're not. And both of those things result in guys battling a little bit more. I mean, it it happened in Minnesota. You know, that was one of the things like Vanderbilt we talked about earlier is a great rebounder, but I think part of it too is that he was supercharged you know, by by Beverly's frothing of the mouth. Yeah. You know, the whole time. So that frothing of the my- mouth is really important, Mike. If you're going to be a small team, you better be a nasty one. Right. And that like a Damian Jones where he's going to come in handy and that we didn't have much of last year, uh, especially with AD being really the only functional functional big is there are a lot of plays where the big the two big guys jump up and they both kind of tap the ball but you need your big guy to be able to jump up just as high or maybe a little higher than the other guy and then it's your guards that are going to actually get credit for the rebound but had the tap not happened 11 and a half feet above the rim in the first place the offensive guy is just going to get the offensive board and corral it and so what I mean about how to win with this team and again we're not going to win a championship with this team but just to be as good as we can with this version of the team, knowing that there are trades that can be made. Like I think the goal that we should be fighting for and working toward is that after a trade happens, like, Hey, we're in good shape. We have a functional team. We're approaching the deadline. We can get, you know, some of the front court help that I think we need. And I think that doing that, it's a very particular style of play. And and we've talked about this uh, last year. Like you said, D, we definitely went down this road a little bit last year. But this is a different style that I think um, is I think we have more defensive talent to be able to pull it off. And and that's something I'm, I'm excited about that. I think that there's potential there. There's way more defensive talent on this version of the roster. Yeah. And I don't think we should be underselling that. Where that bumps up against things is that a lot of the defensive talent that was added are guys who are under six foot three. Yep. 
and beggars can't be choosers. So I will take my six foot two guards who are going to do a lot of stuff defensively and and really get after it. But this is where it's just like I am super hopeful that like a Troy Brown could make strides and be good on that Mm. side of the floor. And that Lonnie Walker, put your money where your mouth is. You said you're going to compete defensively. Well, show me. Right. And then does LeBron and and does LeBron still have that juice? And is AD going to be back to defensive player of the year level guy? Like there are ingredients here in order to be a very good defensive team. And if they could then leverage that into being a elite transition offense team and then a good to very good half court Mm -hmm. offense team, that is the pathway to being that more than respectable version of the Lakers that you're sort of looking for here. That's right. I think becoming a very good defensive team should be our our first and biggest goal. And I think that it's an achievable one. All right. uh, We'll wrap up here. We'll come back tomorrow. I think we're going to get back to the mailbag questions, the Dennis signing. We got a couple pods out of that, but I think we're going to get back to those. Uh, But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires. It's good. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Good. Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. With his eighth block shot, the NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans well, sticking around right. for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, miss it! Unbelievable. Victory. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yeah. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.